Wait, did you hear her? So my name is Augusta. My name is Eva. And this is the Phenomena Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Sorry that we've been gone. We've just been like investing, doing stocks, doing bonds, bonds buying property, bonds, playing the economy. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin, mm-hmm. buttcoin, asscoin, tittycoin. Mm-hmm. Big boob mm-hmm. coin. Yeah, big boob coin. <laughs> Very profitable these days. Nikki Bobby coin. Yeah. <laughs> the ballad of Ricky Bobby coin. The ballad of Ricky Bobby coin. Oh, that's so good. But uh, we're back. But we're back. Um, yeah. I moved. You're at grad school. Mm-hmm. Lots going on these days. Yeah. Lots going on, but it's none of you guys' business. Yeah, that's going to be behind a paywall on the Patreon. Um, <laughs> the highest tier, I just mail you the spare key to my studio apartment. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay $50 a month to come feed my cat while I'm away in March. <laughs> yeah, at the $50 a month tier, you can listen to the rough drafts of the audio that I'm making for school. Oh, yeah, for school. Okay. The shock and horror that came over my face as you started that sentence. <laughs> I was not like, not this phenomena. audio. Not this audio. That audio gets burned. As yeah, soon as bitches we're done be revealing it. shit yeah, <laughs> on this audio. It's yeah. Bitches. So you may remember our previous arc. I don't, but you may. Our next arc, continuing in our tradition of like, I would say Halloween style monsters and like mm. terrifying entities mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about vampires or as you may know them vampires mm-hmm. there's a couple reasons for this one the cultural resurgence of twilight two they're sexy three i wanted to rewatch buffy oh i'm so glad that you're gonna uh watch buffy because i've actually never seen it and i feel like i can't just like go in raw for these episodes without having seen it but you've seen it so that's good mm-hmm yeah, that's fabulous. I did do a full Twilight rewatch this winter. Uh, mm-hmm. People who know me in real life know that because I talk about it constantly. And mm-hmm. I'm also watching The Vampire Diaries for the first time ever mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. over the last like couple – over like COVID basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been like Netflix partying that with my friend Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy. Yeah, I read those <laughs> when they came out. They were books? Yeah, I think so. That's what it I think that's what they were sense. called. I just I don't know. I'm watching it and it's so psychotic. It makes more sense as books because of the way that like the plot turns. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I read the books. It's an extremely They're psychotic television show. So 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 horny. Yeah, it's very erotic. The show is all just like hard shirtless bodies like just like slamming and jamming like yeah and they're all like 17 year olds being played by 35 year old actors so it's like a little bit sexually confusing to watch it but it's really good well i think the sex appeal is part of vampires and i think we're going to be talking about that in this arc so it's really good that you're watching that and i'm watching buffy a lesbian classic and we're just going to cover our bases yeah i think everybody um listeners in the chat um drop a one if you're team edward and drop a two if you're team jacob then also drop a three of your team stefan and a four of your team damon no spoilers because i'm only on season three Mm. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, I would love for you to just text me a random number when you listen to this episode and then for me to write back <laughs> two question marks and then you to be like, I'm listening to the podcast and then me being like, Lamau. <laughs> and me be like, who is this? Yeah, and me being like, number not saved. <laughs> um, so we felt that as part of this arc, there's a lot to know about vampires, the erotic component, the mythical component, the historical component, but it felt to us like the most important thing that you need to know right up front is how to protect yourself from vampires. Yes. Which yeah. means knowing what they are, knowing how they work, and knowing mm-hmm. what you can do to make sure that they're not going to be a negative influence on your life. And once you feel safe and protected, then we'll get into all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. It's a great introduction to all, all the sort of important thematic motifs with vampires. Like, they're, you know, the erotic nature, the sexual nature, the physical nature, <laughs> the sensual nature, the carnal nature, the tantric nature. <laughs> all these different, very different distinct elements of vampire culture. Mm-hmm. Vampire culture! I don't know why I said that. That's psychotic. It's so funny. Okay, so baseline definition if you don't know a vampire is i would say that they're a creature of folklore and myth mm-hmm. and they feed on <laughs> classic normie definite now go for it <laughs> they uh they're like undead creatures that feed on usually like loved ones but it can also be strangers by feeding on their essence usually yes. that's blood mm-hmm. some sort of life force it can yeah. also be like energy or whatever mm-hmm. but usually yes. In, I would say in like Western Europe, it's blood. Yes, that's the more common one. And for sure in culture or in like media culture, because it's just so like visually stimulating mm-hmm. as opposed to like watching a movie where somebody's draining someone else's life force. It's like that really relies on acting and mm. vampire movies are not known for their acting. <laughs> it's not about that. The face is all frozen from being undead. So you can't. Yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah, it's all about the blummed. Yeah. Um, And a vampire, usually vampires are depicted as humanoid. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're humans that have become vampire, like vampire is a state Mm -hmm. uh, that you can become much like a werewolf. Mm -hmm. But not always. There are some folklore traditions in which a vampire is a creature that looks maybe like a human, but it never was a human. It's its own thing. Mm -hmm. So splitting differing mythologies there. And they're often depicted as the creaturey ones are often depicted as a little grotesque, like mm-hmm. Nosferatu or whatever. And uh, some and the ones that are, you know, turned from previously alive humans are often depicted as being in some way supernaturally alluring. Mm-hmm. So they might be very beautiful. They might be just like glow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like they're 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 uh, super yeah superhuman a little bit mm-hmm. and the vampire archetype or the vampire myth uh is really is very long-standing so we won't cover the history of the myth in depth today but just so you know as a listener it doesn't mm-hmm. matter in terms of your safety where in the world you are if you're in albania if you're in romania if you're in the balkans if you're in mexico if you're in pre-columbian mexico if you're in south america if you're mm-hmm. in russia even if you're in North America, one of the safest places in the world, famously. 
I thought you were just going to keep listing your Eastern European countries. Like you're like, if you're in Lithuania, if you're in Romania, if you're in Albania, if you're in like all of these places could be potentially dangerous. Well, that's true too. But I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to say there's a, there's a cross cultural, uh, a cross cultural vampire myth. So yeah. there's always the possibility. I don't know if you're in Hong Kong. I'm not sure what the vampire situation is like over oh, there. Oh, they so. definitely have them there. But they must have them. Looking into some resources um, online, you may have read or come across um, an eHow article, <laughs> How to Protect Yourself from Vampires. As you Google <laughs> along with this show, which you always do. Mm-hmm. And so according to ehow.com slash how underscore 6885 underscore protect dash yourself dash vampires.html. Traditionally, there are numerous ways to frighten, ward off, harass, and anger a vampire. Here are the tried and true ways to protect yourself from the kiss or bite of death. And then there's like seven video ads. (laughs) I have 30 make groceries last longer. Do you have that? No, mine's like somebody making some fucking egg. <laughs> Mine says don't store asparagus in a plastic bag. Yeah, which... obviously not. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> obviously put it straight up your ass the second you get it. Literally. Duh. <laughs> so um, yeah. there in that phrase, here the tried and true ways to protect yourself from the kiss or bite of death. You can really see that duality that we were talking about earlier where sometimes yes. vampires are scary, but sometimes they're sexy. And it's like, do I want a little kiss, a little kiss of death? Uh. Yeah. And if you if you do, you can modify these steps so that you can maybe get a kiss, whatever. Yeah. But you should know these. You should. It's like they say in every creative writing class, you have to know the rules to break the rules. I love that. That's so cool. You want to take me through step one? Sure. I'll start with step one. So step one is basically garlic. A lot of us have heard this. A lot of us are familiar with this sort of... Um, classic piece of lore about vampires which is that vampires are some form of like cosmically psychologically allergic to garlic so that comes in various forms sometimes it means that if you have garlic hanging in your home a vampire can't come in or they'll be in severe pain sometimes it just means they can be around garlic but they can't ingest garlic so it's good to have it on your skin or in your body so that your blood cannot be sucked by a vampire mm-hmm. vampire but this ehow article also potentially recommends um you know there's there's many layers to this one little tip of theirs and one of the things they recommend is to store garlic in graves to prevent mm-hmm. dead people from becoming vampires uh mm-hmm. and not only do they phrase it in a really fucking unbelievable manner <laughs> it's also an interesting choice to yeah they say store it in the undead's grave to prevent him or her from emerging don't store asparagus in a plastic bag <laughs> well right because first let's start with the first word um why would you store implies that at some point you need to then go retrieve it and you're like gonna use it in a roast which i think you're is gonna pretty cook funny. with it yeah but then also the implication that this person's already undead and you're just popping open the grave hoping that if you throw a single bulb of garlic in there the vampire won't instantly bust the fuck out of that coffin the second you open it and rock your shit is like so funny to me i love the idea that you can just like into a yeah. grave <laughs> right like, right we're not it's just so it's so powerful and like how do you know or not know that that person is or isn't a vampire and if you already had the 
for not foresight or like if you already had like wow sorry I'm watching this recipe video now if you already had the knowledge that somebody who was dead was going to be a vampire like I just think that like throwing a little throwing a little seasoning in their grave is like like, dude, why'd you bury them in the first place? Like, if they're a... Uh, yeah, dude, I don't know. We love Ehow. <laughs> we love Ehow, and we feel that this is not the most practical tip for how to protect yourself from vampires, which brings us to step two, which I consider both more practical and more chic. Okay. Step two. And here again, we have a little bit of confusion, but wear a cross around your neck, and you can't be harmed by a vampire. Simple enough. Step two, part two. Place a crucifix in the vampire's coffin, and he or she can't rise from the dead. Yeah, I see what you mean. A little bit of a contradiction there. Like, are they dead or are they a vampire? And it doesn't seem like those are the same step. It seems no, like they're this not. is more just the crosses subsection of the e-how. Right, and, and also, I don't know how Christian the chat is, but a cross and a crucifix are not the same thing. So it's just there's levels. Yeah. Like, how bloodied is the crucifix? Like, you have to have a full-on shredded-ass Jesus on right. the cross and put it in the vampire's coffin. Like, full crucifix. But wearing a cross around your neck is a really good, simple step to prevent mm-hmm. yourself from being harmed by Classic. a vampire. Mm-hmm. Also, they're cute. And if you wear them with a little V-neck, you get a little bit of early aughts action. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Little V-neck, little chest hair, little gold mm-hmm. cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wearing a you'll, star you'll of- need steps to ward off pussy. <laughs> Literally. Wearing a Star of David will not protect you from a vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also, yeah, there's, there's, there's many um, sort of, there's much lore about using a cross to sort of uh, banish or chase a vampire out too, uh, where you can just sort of like run at them with it. And like, I guess that's fine. Like as long as you have two pieces of wood at a mm-hmm. perpendicular type 90 degree type angle, fuck the mythical beast that has evolved for thousands of years to be an apex predator. There's you got something... two pieces of wood. <laughs> There's something very sacred mathematics about the cross, yes. the way that it is yes. in vampirism. Yes. Yes. Everybody picture that little Nautilus shell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like as yeah. soon as you have, it's like all about the angle and orientation. It's, it's positively Pythagorean. Mm. It's, like if you just get everything lined up properly and the mathematical truth of the universe aligns, this dude will die. Which is crazy because obviously through the power of Christ, all things are possible. But so jot it, that down. It does seem a little bit like... Uh, I'm not sure how that kind of numerological significance plays into the vampire's creation to begin with. That seems very like of the blood of the body. And then suddenly you've got of the math. Of the whoa, 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 what? <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, what? Yeah, no, delete that. Um, no, it stays. Okay. Mm, mm. Unlike a vampire when I brandish my cross. Yeah, oh, yeah. it is. it's fundamentally interesting. We also, I mean, I guess we'll go through the list, but... At this point where we've already opened the coffin twice, it just seems like a good idea to, I mean, spoilers, stake the vampire. Mm -hmm. Like, you've opened it twice and you've had two separate opportunities to place an object in the coffin. Mm Mm-hmm. Why not just deal with it directly? Why not just deal with it directly? 
Which interestingly kind of brings us to step three. If we're talking about doing elaborate things that don't really seem to deal with the problem. Speak on it. Here's step three. Get on Tinder. Do not go to therapy. Skip go. (laughs) Do not collect $200. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This one's so good. Oh. Eat bread made from flour, traditionally, mixed with blood from a decapitated or staked vampire, as was the custom in Poland several centuries ago. This sentence, it's sh- it's not very long. It's like two clauses. Well, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit. It's more than two clauses, but there's only one punctuation in it. Mm-hmm. Break it down for us, because each little phrase, each little set of words is a juicy, juicy nugget of confusing and informative terms so eat bread let's start there that's crucial no matter what you're doing yeah because then maybe you'll calm down yeah maybe you'll relax a little bit Mm -hmm. also it's good for you it gives you good energy and it's Mm -hmm. delicious foundation of human civilization eat bread okay made from flour yes that's how it's usually made but eat bread made from flour mixed with blood which begs the question Am I supposed to dip pre-exist? I mean, I know the answer, but bear with me. Am I supposed to dip bread in like a little, um, fuck, what's that uh, fancy shit that people you get at an Italian restaurant? Aioli? Tapenade. Am I supposed tapenade. to dip? Like, you know, when they give you like tapenade and oil at the table and you can mm-hmm. like dip your bread in it? Like, is that what's happening? Or are you making some incredibly fucked recipe where the first step of a recipe is to mix flour with a liquid, which is just like never the first step in a bread recipe? I actually yeah. have no problem with the blood eating part. My issue with this is with the steps of the recipe. This is not a clear step, this is a confusing piece of instruction. I feel the same way. I think this should be a recipe blog if this is how we're going to go. Right. In which case, I need like a 38-page story about how your son got kicked off the soccer team for bad behavior before you even get to the ingredients. Or just like give me a link. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway. So eat bread mixed with flour. Eat bread made from flour mixed with blood. From a decapitated or staked vampire. So again, begging the question, what exactly is from the vampire? This is not a well-constructed sentence. Is the bread from the... Okay, but yeah, go on. I think it's the blood. I think it refers to the blood. I think it's intended to refer to the blood. For sure. But what's interesting about that is that you're supposed to obtain the blood from a decapitated or staked vampire. And in that situation, who's troubling you? Is this a full infestation? You're presupposing that you've already... Defeated the vampire. Right. Or or you know somebody who, you know a guy who knows a guy who had that problem and he already fixed it and he kept the blood. Right. Your buddy sold you a bunch of red oregano. Bro, can you imagine if you had this problem and you were like, okay, I need to eat blood bread, vampire bread. I need to snack on some of that deliciousness. And then it was, like, not the right blood. And then you just, like, got eaten by a vampire. And, and you're you like, ate blood bread. dude, I ate blood bread for no reason. Which is also, like, confusing because I'm sure many people have heard this before. Or if you haven't, if you didn't know, now you know. 
uh, consuming the blood of a vampire is in many legends how one is turned into a vampire themselves. Right. So Ehau is really going out on a limb here, making a lot of assumptions about the reader's beliefs and circumstances. Because if they're being afflicted by a sort of genre of vampires Mm -hmm. that uh, can sort of infect uh, like living humans Mm -hmm. with vampirism through blood transmission then Mm -hmm. they're creating a real problem here this is like telling people to get exposed to the deadly thing i guess it's some sort of early form of inoculation but mm, it might not work right maybe the baking yeah maybe the baking takes out the you're hoping i mean much with like when you bake with like pig's blood or Mm -hmm. rooster blood you're hoping that it cooks out some any pathogens that might be present And then we get to the final clause of the sentence, which is, as was the custom in Poland several centuries ago. Right. As we mentioned up top, Poland, one of the many places where vampire legends are really serious and go back really, really far. Um, The Strigoi is Romanian, but what are the names of the Polish vampires? uh, Strygia. Strygia. Yeah. Are the name of um the mythological they're like vampire demons sort Mm -hmm. of yes they definitely have more of a not necessarily ghost but like more of an entity based Mm -hmm. function in poland as opposed to a straight up and down like what if your neighbor actually eats blood which is like how it is in some places Mm mm-hmm they have a lot of names also. Mm-hmm. That's just one of them. And I'm yes. sure I'm butchering the pronunciation. And there's many different kinds, but they're definitely a strong, a strong Polish custom of vampires. And so if they say that this is one of the ways that they dealt with the vampires in Poland, like I don't not believe it. It's just what there's you may notice that there's one thing missing from this sentence, which is any kind of reaction or outcome. Right. Right. It, it doesn't, doesn't say what's like the other happen. one said like oh to prevent this guy the guy from rising or whatever. This one's just like bitch, do it. You won't. Eh. Eat some bread, calm down. <laughs> odds are odds are you eat some blood bread. Yeah. Yeah, my Polish grandma says you need to eat bread mixed with blood. Right. They don't even say like what the fuck that might be for. So, you can do that if you want. That's an option. You sure can. Okay. So, step step 4 in our not really a step-by-step guide because the steps don't seem to lead to each other in any comprehensible way. But step four is to spread grain or seeds on the ground, uh, which is a common piece of advice uh, for vampires. And this one actually, uh, these legends span a few different continents. It's a pretty common thing to say that vampires can't uh, go by like a, scattering of seeds or grains uh without counting them all and i don't know why but maybe we'll find out in our future episode um so if you were to scatter enough you would have to be there all night just counting them and so ideally that way you know he wouldn't be able to chase you because he'd be like hansel and grattling that bitch what I like about this is that literally in step four, it says, keep in mind that for reasons unknown, he'll yes. always stop to count every kernel. Yes. Like, they don't even know. Yes. They're like, it's like I a, don't know. It's a vampire compulsion. Yes, totally. 
so that's cool. You can do that. I mean, that one seems really effective. It just doesn't kill the vampire. No, it doesn't. It really just like is like uh, make sure he eats the next girl. You know? Yeah, exactly. It protects you. Mm-hmm. The next one I'm obsessed with. Do you want to read it? Yeah, for sure. So this is another thing you can do on your property, around your home, uh, or any time that you're maybe being pursued by a vampire and you have more than a little time. Um, which is just to put like what they're calling thorny branches or prickly <laughs> boughs. Uh, I also want to point out that they spelled boughs like the bow of a ship and not like a bow. <laughs> um, and also every time they mention vampires in this step by quote unquote step by step or instructions, um, they do like a very me writing a third grade paper thing and try to use a different noun every time. <laughs> so in this one, it says the beast will surely get stuck on one of them. And the one before it was the monster. Like, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, this one's just like go straight fucking sleeping beauty on these moths. Like, yeah. just put a bunch of thorny brain which like doesn't seem to be vampire particular at all it's just like here's a good idea it's like have yeah. you tried a moat <laughs> like yeah have you tried it's your uncle alligators <laughs> it's your uncle being like if the feds come to my door i got six locks and i got a gun it's yeah like- exactly like i got landmines all over here and i'm <laughs> the only one who knows the map <laughs> Exactly. Like, it doesn't protect you from them specifically, but it does ensure that your property will be impassable, presuming you have property. Right. Right. The idea of pile thorny branches in your front yard is so Imagine just doing that. Vampire just walks in the back door. What's cracking? Yeah. (laughs) Though, again, fundamentally, well, I guess we'll get there, but yeah. Like, fundamentally, vampires aren't supposed to be able to get in your house anyway. So if you're, like, already at your house, just fucking stay inside mate there's a goddamn pandemic going on that's what i'm saying there's a vampire pandemic and also like so 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 many vampire legends contingent on the idea that they can turn into animals because they're beast-like yes like if this dude turns into a bat what are you gonna do what are you gonna do he can echolocate those thorny branches just throw just be throwing roses at him literally (laughs) thorns yeah it's really excellent. So so now we've left our sort of one-liners and we're actually getting into a very, our final step. And uh, it's got a pretty long little tippity tip tip tip. Would you like to let us know? Step six. Bar a potential victim's bedroom door with iron, a metal supposedly abhorred by vampires. Remember that Dracula and his cronies are also allergic to light. So keep your room well illuminated when there's a vampire in your midst. Oh, this goes... The the layers of this go so deep. It goes dumb. Like, yeah, let's break it down again like we've done with some of the other ones where it's like you really have to go like sentence or like bit by bit. Right. So, bar... A potential victim. So again, you kind of, apparently in this scenario, you have kind of an idea who might get et. Mm -hmm. Bar their bedroom door. And now again, you're assuming that the vampire has gotten in the house, meaning somebody has invited them in. So Um, back into like a little bit of like a kiss or kill, sexy or dangerous type moment here at the bedroom. 
With iron, this is very common. There's a lot of iron stuff that has to do so poorly constructed. There's a lot of um, lore where iron can protect you from Mm -hmm. demons, spirits, entities. It's a uh, vampires. It's a Mm -hmm. very common um, sort of like household item that is supposed to be able to damage or Mm -hmm. otherwise affect supernatural things that can't necessarily be affected by what we would call like traditional weapons i don't know you know mm-hmm. you can't engage in fisticuffs with a vampire but if you brandished mm-hmm. an iron uh fire poker at him that'd be a different story mm-hmm. but you also have to remember that dracula and his cronies his wait we didn't even get to abhorred uh, yeah cronies again we have a different word for vampire yeah Dra- our first mention of dracula our first mention of dracula on the episode which is funny of us mm-hmm Yes. So a metal supposedly abhorred by vampires re-iron. Again, supposedly, which is and like abhorred. a weird thing to say when like aren't you're supposed to be telling me, bitch. Right. I'm fucking locked inside my bedroom, frantically googling e how how to keep bed bugs from biting me. Whoops. That's Whoops. the next article that's making you auto scroll to. E how googling how to protect myself from vampires, a vampire in my home. And then it's like, well, supposedly they don't like iron. It's like, girl, you typed this. You gotta tell me, bro. Right, exactly. At the, and at that point, I'm not piling thorny branches in my yard, but no, I do who... have a huge iron bar in my room. So maybe right. I could use that. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm living in like a weird old wooden lumberjack place that just has one iron bar, which is going to be just fine because a vampire definitely couldn't just like limbo right the fuck under that. Right. <laughs> I love the idea of vampire iron limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, they have very stiff backs. <laughs> yeah. Vampires can't limbo. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. That's tip number. That's step number seven. Yeah. Um. Also, remember that Dracula and his cronies are also allergic to light. So keep your room well illuminated when there's a vampire in your midst. This is an extremely important piece of vampire lore that is often discussed. And I would say that this is a little bit of maybe even vampire misinformation. Mm-hmm. Speak on that. Because I don't think that Dracula and his cronies are allergic to light. And that keeping your room well illuminated would help. That sounds like some boogeyman shit. Mm-hmm. I believe that they are sensitive to the sun. Correct. So if it's nighttime or if you mm-hmm. just like live in my apartment, which is doesn't have a lot of natural light, like no matter how many of these $14 Ikea lamps that I turn on, I'm still mm-hmm. going to get got. If it's evening, if you're shafted, if you're in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem um you know i think that's actually kind of i think that's actually irresponsible and somewhat of a liability for e how to tell me that vampire dracula and his cronies are allergic to light i know it's also a liability for them to keep scrolling me to an article called how to roast acorn nuts who you can just eat them raw also um yeah the third article gifts for a goddaughter's graduation yeah so there's so that's that's the sixth step i don't really understand how those steps come together in a cohesive form to protect me from vampires but they do have a bonus tip at the end right could you could you uh uh uh, uh, illuminate 
Yeah. So what I'm going to tell you right before I read this tip is that you're going to have to strap in because this tip is four times the length and six times the information of any of the previous steps. And it's like one run on sentence. (laughs) But it's just a tip. Okay. Do as the Burmese did. Tie the undead's thumb to his or her toes. Or bind the beast's feet together for similar results. Results unlisted, of course. Emulate the fins by nailing the corpse to the bottom of the coffin. Put a communion wafer in the potential fiend's mouth prior to burial, as was recommended by Christians of the past. Deposit money in the vampire's mouth, as the Germans did. Let's run it back. Deposit money in the vampire's mouth, as Me trying the not to get flagged did. on Twitter. Deposit money. Many of them thought the damned had to pay Chiron, the ferryman of the River Styx, for safe passage into Hades. Now, why the Germans thought that? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the fuck the Germans were doing down in the River Styx. (laughs) Just like fundamentally a Greek mythological construction. Right. That everybody, maybe not everybody, but it's common knowledge. Everybody who's read Percy Jackson, which is our entire listening audience, knows about. But I guess the Germans thought that vampires were Greek, maybe? Well, there's just, I don't understand how this is put on the bottom as just sort of a throwaway and it's just like tip. And it's like, wait, these are super, okay. Mm." But then they also have the same presupposition where they're like, since you already have complete wrist control over the vampire, merely tie its legs together. Like, yeah, bitch, no shit. Tie anyone's legs together. Are you kidding me? Right, do as the Burmese did, break his kneecaps. Yeah. Right, go I, Tanya, on the motherfucker. Like Exactly. Emulate the fins by nailing the corpse to the bottom of the coffin. Well, here we finally get our first actual fucking recommendation for killing a vampire. Mm -hmm. Because that is staking a vampire. Fucking Mm -hmm. finally. We are all Mm -hmm. the way at the bottom, and they didn't even really clearly state it. But since all these tips are just tips on preventing a vampire from getting out of the grave, or a lot of them are, like, yeah, step one, stake the vampire. Step two, mm-hmm. no, end steps, end instructions. Mm-hmm. It's a one step. That could have been the whole episode. So now that we're here yeah. and we've reached this, I would say, frustrating place with this WikiHow, or rather eHow article. If you were to rewrite this, if you were to rewrite the article on eHow, how to protect yourself from vampires, yeah. or if we were to write this together, what would our step one be? What do you think the first thing a person should do to protect themselves from a vampire would be? Um. Okay, this is like a general article. We don't really necessarily know the context of who's mm-hmm. looking into it. We don't know if there's a particular vampire that's coming after them. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the situation is. I would but say- But it's somebody reading eHow. <laughs> It's so reading email. that's your context. I would say um, be aware of your rights. Know your rights. Um, they can't come in without a warrant. <laughs> yes. So, you know, that would be my number one. It would be like be aware of the limitations of vampires' existence. One, they can't come in your house unless you ask them to. Two, they usually can't go out during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the whole thing. Those are the two mm-hmm. real, those are the two main ones. And then I feel like my second step would be to mm-hmm. grab yourself a garlic or a crucifix and just pop that bitch mm-hmm. on. I'm not saying Oh, I would say I would even add holy water to that list. 
Holy water. Yeah, just sprinkle that shit or little Ho Cosmetics liquid finesse just like all over yourself. And uh, yeah, that would be like a good, you know, step two. Because it's like, I'm not saying that's going to save your life if a vampire is already sucking on your neck. But I do think that that is like a solid start at least. Um, Yeah, it's preventative. Yeah. And then I would say my third one is start carving up some table legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn to sh- shoot a bow and arrow. Yes, absolutely. So, because staking a vampire is hugely important, and there are different cultures where different, we'll get into this in our next episode, but where different mm-hmm. kinds of wood are important. So, yes. if you know that you're dealing with a strigoi or a very particular kind of vampire, depending on where you are, perhaps Albania, etc. Consider what sacred local woods may be available to you. You don't have to buy it. You can go to a salvage yard, a scrap mm-hmm. yard. You can probably find something on Facebook. During the day. Mm-hmm. During the day. Got to be during the day, wearing a cross. Yeah. Which brings us all the way back to step one, which is really just mm-hmm. like know your, you know, know your enemy, know their limits. Mm-hmm. That's a fundamentally important thing to understand. A silver bullet is available to you. Mm-hmm in the broad spectrum of protection, but I don't tend to recommend that because one, I think that generally keeping a gun in the home is a dangerous idea. Yes. Most people injured uh, with a weapon during conflict are the owner of the weapon. And I think it's not realistic to expect people to have the means to use that. Right. I think if you're, you're probably somebody not who very has... good at it. Exactly. And because a silver bullet's very expensive, you don't want to have to practice and, most of the cost of owning a gun is the ammunition anyway these days. And mm-hmm. I just don't think that it's fair to expect our listening audience to be able to be at a place where they could just, if you're somebody who can just go out and buy a gun with a silver bullet, you already know that, right? You don't need us to tell you that. Right. But if for some reason you inherited one or there's like a great monster killer in your family and you just have one, that is also an excellent way to kill a vampire. Uh, it does also generally have to be through the heart, but there are some cultures where the silver will just poison the vampire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it'll at least uh it's at least a. Uh, it's got some stopping power even if it's they're not gonna power. die yeah and then i guess in terms of just like general tips if you're not mm-hmm. actually in a situation where you're particularly concerned about a vampire coming after you you just in life don't want one to hurt you um that would be just keeping the holy water on you crucifix mm-hmm. garlic um, not inviting people into your home for like no reason. Avoid shaking mm-hmm. hands. That's a very common vampire thing. They love to shake hands. Mm-hmm. Um, pay attention to people's eyes. It's very common mm-hmm. lore that like vampires' eyes will change somehow. Not necessarily in the twilight way, but it could be in the twilight way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just pay attention to little details like that. Uh, body system never hurt anybody unless Facts. you're yeah take lots of film photography always be sure to go to the bathroom together and look in the uh mirror over the sink in the bar mm-hmm. um if they're not there that means they're a vampire yeah it's not unilaterally true but in the way that like there might be a false negative but there's no false positive you know right. what i mean like a positive result on that it's definitely a vampire if you're in the bathroom right. with your friend and you look at the mirror over the sink and she doesn't show up there's not like a secondary lurking variable there like she is a vampire mm-hmm. right exactly um also keep an eye out for any like or a shift okay Here's a great idea. Here's a great one. An addition, an addendum that wasn't okay. even mentioned in this eHow article. What if you're worried that one of your friends has become a vampire? How do you protect yourself or someone you know? 
I would definitely say um, you should take them to Little Armenia. Um, the Ar- Any, like, Armenian ethnic cultural center in your town. Um, there's a springtime holiday uh, that mm-hmm. involves throwing and squirting a lot of water on each other. Mm-hmm. Like, it's sort of like a citywide, nationwide mm-hmm. uh, water gun fight. And if you could get holy water involved in that somehow, Armenia, first Christian nation, uh, that would just be like, bing, bang, boom. Mm-hmm. And if they're not a vampire, you're just having fun at Armenian Cultural Festival, which are always great. Exactly. Wonderful culture. We love the Armenians. It's a pro-Armenia podcast. We sure do. Also, I would say, look for any changes in their behaviors in their patterns of living so if your friend suddenly becomes nocturnal if you find them eating small animals that are like still alive that they seem to have killed Mm -hmm. that can often be a sign if they seem to be experiencing that could also be an armenian cultural festival so so it's complicated Mm, it's yeah there's no there's no um yeah yeah there's no one right answer that's why we're here Exactly. If your friend suddenly seems much hotter and gayer than before, that can sometimes be a sign. Mm-hmm. That they're or... <laughs> Beep that out. Don't dox me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Check on your friends, you know, and not just because all of us are having a hard time, but because some of them might suck your blood. Uh. Right. And, and... These tips are good to know because if you find yourself on the sexy side of a vampire encounter, it's important to not do these things. Like if you're going out with somebody. Yeah, you don't want to bust a holy nut on them and then. Yeah. Or like you don't want to like, you know. I am. You don't want to like. That out. (laughs) I thought it was valuable. Thank you. Informationally. Okay. I'll leave it. Like, you know, you don't want to go to like necessarily like a some kind of restaurant where you're going to like face a bowl of garlic. Yes. So like no good restaurants. No good restaurants. You cannot go anywhere where the food tastes good. Yeah. If you notice your friend suddenly develops one of those allergies to like, uh, you know, like garlic, fennel, mm-hmm. green onion, all of a sudden. Hmm. Hmm. I would say, yeah, if you're going on a date with a vampire, I would recommend going anywhere where the food is derived from a culture that's primarily Buddhist, because at least a lot of the Buddhists that I know, the Buddhist nuns and like monks that I've known, maybe this is not like for a casual Buddhist, but they don't eat onion or garlic because they believe that it slows you down. Mm -hmm. They think that it like makes you sleepy. Mm. So those would be like like you can get like Tibetan food or like some kind of Himalayan food is probably a safer bet. That's really good. Yeah. And also it's really good. Yeah. I had such good Tibetan food in the village like years ago Mm. and I still think about it all the time. Mm. Hannah and I went and just had like some thick, thick stews. Ugh, it was so good. And then if you've killed a vampire, how should we dispose of the body? This is important. Mm, This is really important. So if you've staked a vampire, there's a few Mm -hmm. different, um, there's a few different things that people say will dispose of them once and for all because they are undead and there is a possibility that they would stay alive and just be inert and powerless if you exactly. staked them. Exactly. Um, but I would say to err on the side of caution, mm-hmm. I would go full dismemberment and burning in separate fires. Burning is really important. Burning is really important. Yeah, because some, some places yeah. it's decapitation, some places it's dismemberment and scattering the pieces, some places it's burning. So just when in doubt, five or six different bonfires, head, arm, arm, leg, torso. Forgot right. the other leg, but. 
yeah whatever um, the other leg lost of you know yeah just as long as really like the head and the body but yeah just as many yeah. as you can and then ideally if you could scatter those ashes into a large body of water or right. a couple different large bodies of water that would be great um water large bodies of moving water uh, are generally considered to be difficult for vampires to traverse um Mm -hmm. obviously now with like planes trains and automobiles it's a little bit different um but if you could scatter into like a couple different you know an estuary a tributary (laughs) this that and the other that would be ideal a delta a A dairy a southwest Yeah, we didn't even mention the fact that it's often difficult for vampires to cross running water because this isn't really like what to do if you're on the run from a vampire. But right. if you can get your house like situated on a small island in a large like rushing river, that would be yeah. cool and you should send us pics. Yeah, that would honestly be sick. That would be just like very cool of yeah, you. Yeah, like if you could get some Zora shit going, like that for would real. Just be dope. Mm-hmm. For real. For real. There's this island on a lake. It's like one of the largest volcanic made lakes in the Pacific Northwest, and it's called Greater Lake, or rather Meteor Made, not, but it's like on a volcano, whatever. There's a huge lake called Crater Lake that's a crater, and it has a that's huge so island cool. on it called Wizard <sighs> Island. That's that so I've, Pokemon. I know. It's like obviously my dream to live there, but if I lived there, like it would be no problem with the vampires, even though that's like a very haunted part of the world. Mm-hmm. So maybe buy a house on Wizard Island. And then gift it to us. Yeah. At the $50 a month tier, you can buy us a home. Honestly, that's a wrap. That's perfect. That's a wrap. Good At the shit, $50 guys. month tier, you can buy us a home. Yeah, so we'll see you. We're going to probably do monthly or, you know, I, I would say uh, as needed. We're, is our new episode schedule? Mm-hmm. Our new episode schedule is take as needed mm-hmm. uh, for indigestion and boredom. Is mm-hmm. that what the prescription is for? For if you want to hang out with us. Which... Yeah, for if you want to hang out with us. Right. For loneliness and not enough blonde. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. joining us. We look forward to talking to you about vampires in literature and television and myth. Bye. Bye.